is going on, Fantasy Fam? Here we are back yet again. Uh, today we are going to focus our episode on busts and steals to counteract our last episode, which focused on values, reaches. Um, I, I, I'm so excited for this because busts and steals is one of the more integral parts of fantasy baseball. It's one of the most interesting parts. Um, it's t- I, we have the opportunity to take a look back at 2017. We haven't, you know, we can take a look at who, who excelled when we didn't expect them to. You know, we got them later in the draft, and who did we spend our early capital on that let us down? Um, but first, I think the most important thing we can talk about is the fact that there is a foot of snow on my lawn right now, and I, I think I think that might be the most important thing because it is March seventh. Um, but it is it is frightening because golf season is coming up for myself and baseball season, and it's March. You you are in the Northeast. You are in New Jersey. It. Uh, they canceled work at five o'clock. Not canceled. They we worked remotely starting at five a.m. this morning. They were like, "No, nope, sorry, we're calling it." And I was like, "But I woke up at like seven and there was nothing on the ground." That's yeah. what baffled me personally. But as it, the day went on, it turned it's into a, awful. A sh- oh my god, it's awful! It is absolutely terrible out there. It's windy. It's I have at least nine, ten, eleven inches of snow. So it was in the thankfully six, it was in the sixties today down in Texas. I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> nice. I, I mean, I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt inside. If inside, that, if that counts. Yeah. <laughs> if that counts for anything but uh but like i said it is march 7th which means we are tomorrow's is three weeks until the uh baseball season gets underway i am very very excited i cannot also believe that is starting on a thursday um i'm assuming that's because very april f- april f- usually they would start on the sunday but that first april 1st is um both easter sunday it's Passover, so I think they kind of wanted to avoid that and started a little bit earlier, maybe. Uh, unless, unless they're April Foolsing us. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, sorry, guys. Shut you up. Know? Oh wait, but, no. Uh... Everybody's playing. Here we go. <laughs> baseball. <laughs> I God, I hope not. I might get tickets for the uh, for the second game for the Mets. I'm not paying the price to go to opening day just because it's opening day. Well, I don't I think can... you would have to pay. They're, 70... probably, just, they're probably handing out oh, tickets. Shut up. <laughs> for, for I can tell you, opening day is like say the cheapest tickets like seventy bucks. You wait a day or two days for the next game, and it's like ten dollars exactly, tickets. Exactly. So exactly. I can wait a day. But anyway, so speaking of that, let's get into some news. Uh, going, what's going on right now in spring training? Some players who have you know either exceeded expectations or are completely faltering. Um, the most important ones to talk about in faltering, not the most important, but there's guys who I expected more of. Um, one of them coming back from injury over the past two years, and that's Homer Bailey. He got absolutely routed today. I mean, he got tattooed, yes, he and that scares me. I mean, because I had a lot of faith in him coming back this year. I thought he was going to have a pretty good bounce back year after missing a lot of time in the past two years. He was a guy who threw two no-hitters in a matter of a few months. Uh, really thought he was going to be the next up-and-coming pitcher. And to see him get shellacked yet again um, proves the point that maybe he's just done. It's so. only spring training. We'll see. You know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, he's one of my favorite players. I enjoy watching him. And to see this is kind of disheartening. Not right now. Not right now. You don't enjoy it. I don't at all. Um, unless I have some players, you know, that beat him up. True. So another guy that's to talk about in terms of just faltering and, you know, getting destroyed at the seams is a guy who just signed a pretty nice extension with the Cardinals. That's Paul DeJong. Um, Paul DeJong was a guy who absolutely came onto the scene last year. Had 20-plus home runs to the Cardinals. Looks fantastic. But he strikes out a ton. I mean, he it's it's like an Ian Happ kind of thing. It's a it's a young kid who can play that infield position, who can hit a ton of home runs, but strikes out more times than we would like to you know admit. And he uh, he right now he's going in the twelfth round in fantasy drafts. 
Uh, he is bad right now. He's three for 19. He has eight strikeouts so far in spring training. It's the Cardinals. They're a good organization. I think they'll definitely try to work with him because I am actually a, I am a believer in Paul DeJong. I wanted to try and pick him up last year when he was on his hot streak. I didn't get him, but striking out a lot, young guys. They don't have a lot of plate discipline. It's very tough for the youngins to come into the league and get that discipline. But like you said, spring training, I mean, they're, they're facing, like they're facing, like it's not like NFL. They're actually facing, you know, like starters. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. I, I hope, I really hope that he can actually pick it up because as a shortstop, getting him late that, that late, I mean, it could be, I mean, it could be good value. Yeah. The thing is, his 12th round, he's hitting like that. He's not really great value. He's barely value at that true, point. True, true, exactly. He'd, he'd have to hit you to 25, 30 home runs again, which is totally possible. But he's going to strike out almost 200 times at that, at that rate. So that's what worries me most about him. But I, th- I think I'm just going to kind of live it as a clean slate for now, see how he keeps going, um, and then I'll make my adjustments from there because if he keeps playing the way he is, he might actually continue to fall into that 13th, 14th, 15th round, which I'd feel much more comfortable taking him at. Um, so another piece of news is the the weird thing that's circulating right now about certain guys who haven't signed yet. Mike Moustakis, for example. Mike Moustakis, of course, is represented by the infamous Scott Boris. And he has suggested um, that his client might not sign until after the 2018 June amateur draft. So that why would that happen? Well, it would happen because then they would not have to, the team he signs with would not have to give up a compensatory draft pick um, for him, for signing him. So that that's incentive. It's it's incentivizing it, but at the same time, I just I'd rather see him sign. He's a good talent. I'd rather see him sign sooner rather than later because signing a guy of that caliber in mm-hmm. June is kind of ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't understand what's going on. What a ridiculous! It's, yeah, of I mean, course, it's look- all these agents. I can guarantee you, a lot of these baseball players are probably not even thinking of any of this crap. And then you got Scott Boris or whatever freaking Rosenthal and. All these dudes, you know, just <laughs> whispering in their ears and shit. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. It's smart, but it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, I would like to see him out there this year. I mean, I know he's asking for about seventy-five million, maybe over five years or so. He's, he's kind of worth it. He's a solid third baseman. He is. He's a good. He's a good hitter. That is a That's lot of money. That is a lot That's, of money, though. And he's still not. He's not old, um, just yet, but. It's it's a team that'd be willing to have that you know opening at third base that is willing to you know pay out that much. And last piece of news is not really even news. It's more of uh, for fun because I'm not really sure what's going to happen with him in this organization. And that is Tim Lincecum signing with the Texas Rangers. The deal was official as of today. Yeah, you could you could feel you could feel it down here in Texas. You know, everyone's really excited. And not. I mean, they sh- <laughs> as as they shouldn't be. Because the last time he pitched, he pitched for the Anaheim Angels back in 2016, where he put up a 9.16 ERA. Um, not good. He he had he started nine games for the Angels. He was absolutely awful. I mean, he he had just almost. I mean, the the walk and strike to strikeout ratio was pretty damn close, and that is awful. From a guy who won the Cy Young two years what in a row, I believe. Uh, something like that. Yes. Yeah, for for a 150 pound pitcher. Yeah, that looked like he could be in dazed and confused. He had he had two hundred his second year in the league, two thousand eight. He had two hundred and sixty five strikeouts. The guy weighs one hundred and sixty pounds, soaking wet, and he Jeez. was putting up 
you know, 265 strikeouts, 261 the year after that, where he won the Cy Young two years in a row. It just goes to show you how, not how desperate the Rangers are, <laughs> but that they're willing to take a chance on someone like Lincecum right now for a million, for a million bucks too. Yeah. The thing that is, it gives it out for me is the fact that the Rangers don't have a bullpen. Their bullpen has always been notoriously over the you know especially over the last few years has been notoriously one of the worst bullpens could've, in baseball. Could have been last last year they were destined to have one of the best bullpens. Start the season, I think after the first couple of weeks they were officially the worst bullpen. And they got worse <laughs> from there. Yeah, and so, it only so, got worse exactly so after my, they signed some guys too. Yeah, I mean right now Alex Claudio is kind of in that role that but that's even that's depressing in itself. There's Keonta Kella. I mean really not a ton of talent. I, I can I see Lincecum coming in and actually helping that's out the my, bullpen. Yeah. That's my my thing is yeah. that by, by if he pitches at you know, when they were showing his numbers, he would get up to ninety three, ninety four. If he can get up to that number, I think he has the chance to potentially move into that closer setup man role. Plays, I mean, places pitches. He's been around he might, long enough. He has good enough wipe away pitches to be a closer. He might not be able to go a couple innings, but he might be able to get you through one inning and you know throw those that fastball and that white boy slider. Who, I mean, who knows? True. True. So anyway, those are some news and highlights. There's a lot going on in spring training, but we just like to fill you in with some of the details of uh, what's going on. But our big story of the day, our big topic of the day is busts and steals. Why they are important, what the difference is between them, you know, what differentiates them from a value or reach like we talked about last episode. True, true, true. Um, so to begin with this lovely episode... Um, I'm going to be talking about busts because I personally had the biggest bust, and I can guarantee you, a lot of you listeners out there, if you did draft this guy, you know, he was obviously one of the biggest busts of the season last year. But so basically, a bust, you know, just to give you a little brief description, definition, what have you, you know, is someone that just doesn't live up to the expectations. So you draft. You're drafting, let's say, like I'll give you an example, like, but not obviously Mike Trout. You draft Mike Trout first, and the guy finishes, you know, the 30th ranked outfielder. That is a bust. He does not meet your expectations of where you drafted him. So, to continue on that, we'll talk about, you know, a bust from last year, 2017. Um, I have a couple. I believe you have some as well. Uh, Jonathan Villar, biggest biggest bust. I absolutely. I, I, this year you could say he may be a value pick. If he falls to me and I'm already fully stocked on my team, okay, maybe I'll take a chance. But I got him in the third round last year. I went Jose Altuve, then Trey Turner, then Jonathan Villar. Preseason, that sounds absolutely fantastic. That could be like 200 stolen bases between the three of them. Jonathan Villar, I think he may have, what, 20 stolen bases <laughs> if that – he just was abysmal. He was competing for playing time for someone that had such almost an MVP year the year before. It's just it, it was so ridiculous to see. And uh, another another bust that I'm going to talk about that probably I th- I thought he was a the pretty big of a bust was um, Cargo actually. I don't know how you feel about that. He was I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, dis- I don't disagree with that because the, given the fact that he's actually still looking for work means that right now, people true, weren't, ex- yeah, people weren't thrilled with how he played last year. True, he's true. always an injury-prone guy, anyway. And, and then there's, there's also another guy too who, um, 
who you're probably going to think I'm a, I mean, just by standards alone and like of not meeting expectations, because Bryce Harper actually was a bust last year. He was drafted what? Definitely top 10, maybe yeah. even top five, depending mm-hmm. on your league. And he actually finished 19th in, I think, and I'm, I'm pretty sure in standard leagues, which by that, that is no, that's not good at all. For somebody that you're vesting in a first round, Bryce Harper should finish top 10 easily. But that, by definition, Bryce Harper was a bust of last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I hate Bryce Harper, so for me, it's I <laughs> I don't really care how he finishes. Happiest, he won't be, me, he won't be in any of my teams, so it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Villar, for example, Jonathan Villar is, is going in like the 14th or 15th round right now. So this year, he's got either tremendous value or he's got huge steal potential. Because, or he's going right where he deserves to be. I, see, I don't agree. I think that Jonathan Villar last year just had a bad year. I mean, I, I do. I think he had a piss poor year. I do think he can, you know, uh, come back to his potential. Even if he comes back in 2016, uh, 2018 to like three quarters of his 2016 year, I think that it, it's still a great year. It couldn't be any worse than his year right. last year. So, so my biggest bust from last year. Besides, I mean, I, I'll mention one. I don't think he's a bust. I think his injury is more. His injury plague season deterred him more than anything. And that's my own hometown met is that Ioannis Cespedes. Um, Ioannis Cespedes won the third round of drafts last year. People had high hopes that he had 40 home runs, 100 RBIs. He could have. a great year. That's what contend, and they just didn't. Uh, Ioannis Cespedes missed exactly half the season. He played in 81 games. Um, just he, he had a decent enough year um, to that point, 17 home runs, 42 RBIs, but he just wasn't on the field enough. And while bust is more the fact of poor play, I think injury has to unfortunately take a toll with that as well. You have to include that in it. And he, he didn't have his best year, but he definitely didn't have his worst year. Um, but I think based on the fact of his injury and that he missed a good majority of games if you had him, I think that's where bust potential unfortunately comes in. So, but my big one from last year is Jake Arrieta. Uh, Jake Ooh. Arrieta in Jake Arrieta in most leagues was going in that late second, early third, um, potentially even mid mid second round pick. Um, he just did not have a good year. Started the, a, started the season pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, for a guy for a guy who's thrown oh, you know over two hundred strikeouts before, one hundred ninety strikeouts. Um, he he relies on those you know like again another guy like Litzkamu who relies on that wipe a uh, wipe away pitch to strike guys out. He did not have a good year at all. Finished fourteen and ten for a Cubs team that was pretty good. I mean they weren't their twenty sixteen self, exactly. but they had a good year. But uh, the thing for him was that he had three point five ERA. Uh, this is the highest ERA he's had since um, two thousand thirteen. It just he didn't look himself, and now the fact that he does not have a team, another one just like Cargo has not been signed, is more of it's kind of a, you know it shows that last year he did not have his best stuff, mm-hmm. and teams aren't willing to you know you know make that uh, investment in someone that they think might be on the other side of their career. He is 32 years old for pitchers. That's not overly old, but I just do not think based on his value. He didn't perform to the, you know, a, a guy you're a pitcher you're drafting in that second round needs to be getting you, you know, 16, 17 wins, six, seven losses, 200 plus strikeouts, 200 plus innings. He got you 168 innings. He got you 163 strikeouts. And it's not like he missed a ton of starts. He still started 30 games. Exactly. He, just didn't, he still played. Just didn't go long. He didn't go long into games. He didn't mm. strike people out as the highest capacity he did before. So it's his, you know, his whip was 1.22. Again, highest since 2013. So he just really was not himself, and it showed for sure. So the next thing we'll talk about is uh, what is a steal? 
you know, we've talked about what a bust is, you know, based on its ADP. What does a steal mean? So a steal is a player who exceeds their expectations based solely on the ADP and where you drafted them in the creation of your fantasy lineup. There, there must be a large difference in where they are drafted ADP-wise and how they ended up in the point standings. So, for example, um, a bust, like we said, is somebody who you drafted early on who finished in a, in a you know, bottom position. So a second-round pick who finished as a, you know, 20 to 25 ranked at their, 25th ranked at their position. A steal, on the other hand, is someone you draft later on, a late-round flyer. It can be someone you think has going to have a good year and, and exceeds expectations, you know, dramatically. So some some steals from last year. I think there were way more steals last year than there were busts for sure. So many. It's not even close. Um, some of the some of the ones I uh, think are the most important ones. My first one is Urban Santana. Urban Santana for a long time didn't even he looked like he wasn't even going to have a home in baseball. You know he he was struggling with I think it was Anaheim right. I mean he he didn't look himself. Yeah, something like and that. And then he went to KC. Then he went to Atlanta. Really wasn't finding his groove. And then all of a sudden he ends up in Minnesota. And by 2017 he puts up 211 innings, goes 16 and eight, has a 3.2 ERA. He is looking fantastic. I mean for a guy who hadn't put up more than 10 wins since 2014, it's it was it was something that I thought was crazy. Especially he got drafted in the 24th round ADP wise. Well, hell, yeah. Minnesota also had a great year too. You know, they, did. they actually had a very good season as well, which also helped. I can guarantee you if they didn't play as well as they did, he wouldn't have gotten, you know, as many wins. But the 20, right. 24th freaking round, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though. With some pitchers, it doesn't, like, some pitchers just go into situations where they have the ability to have great lineups behind them that can back them up. And he did. He had a good lineup behind him. You know, Sano, Buxton, you know, a big, good lineup. My second one is, unfortunately, a Yankee. And I wasn't expecting this of him. I honestly thought he was going to falter because the only times he had performed in the major leagues, he had faltered. His 2016 season put up a 5.83 ERA um, in 11 starts for the Yankees. He looked god-awful. We knew he could strike guys out, but I did not think he was going to end up with 230 strikeouts uh, over 31 starts in 2017. Killed it last but, year. Luis Severino was unbelievable. Okay, He finished 14-6. and six. Because for some reason, Yankees starting pitchers don't like to get more than 13 wins, 14 wins in a season. I don't know why, no, but uh, no. it's like a Mets thing. It's like a Mets thing. Syndergaard, DeGrom, they all get 13, 14 wins, and they look great doing it, but whatever. Um, but the thing for me is 230 strikeouts over 193 innings. That is unbelievable. So if he gets to his peak of, say, 205 innings, you're looking at 250 to 260 strikeouts. 2.98 ERA, so he finished with a sub-3 ERA. Um, in, in, once that, again, in that division, too. Yeah, and I don't like war. I hate war, but he had a 5.3 war. I mean, he he was responsible for five extra win, five and a half extra wins because he was in the lineups. Like he's, that's huge. He's good. I mean, that takes somebody from an 80, say, an 85 win team to a, a 90 win team. That's a huge disparity right there. He's basically the ace of the Yankees right now. I mean, Tanaka is still solid, like good, but Severino's the ace. But to me, Severino was he was drafted in the 20th round ADP wise sure. last year. That is a huge value for me, a huge steal. Ridiculous steal. I'll give you, I'll give you a couple steals. Um, I'll continue on the Yankees. Um, our buddy, you know, all rise, Aaron Judge. He was drafted in the 21st freaking round. Are you kidding me? And he ended up third third outfielder and then a, a basically a top top five, top ten. We all know what he did. I'm not even going to read you his stats. Uh, Please don't. Marcelo Zuna had his career year. He was drafted in the 15th round, average ADP. 
That's ins- that is insane. Um, and here here's one that I actually um, where is it? Okay, so I got I actually like two two of them. Okay, so I'll touch up uh, Robbie Ray, another one. Robbie Ray had a fantastic year, and he finished, I believe, in the top ten of pitchers, drafted in the thirteenth round. Now, J- here here's another one who just got signed to a very very big contract, J.D. Martinez. What a steal! Reason being is because he hit over 45 home runs and over 100 RBIs, and he missed the first month of the season, which is uh, unreal. How, yeah, he's good. How does that? How does that even happen? So that guy could have easy. He could have by those by those stand like by those calculations, he should have hit over 60 home runs and 150 RBIs. <laughs> Yeah, he's good. He is very good at baseball. Holy crap! But those are just some some big big steals of uh of last year. Yeah, and I like going through last year's busts, last year's steals, kind of seeing where we went right, where we went wrong, and it's you know it's nice hindsight being twenty twenty to take a look back and say what you know look at the value I got, look at the steals I got, look at the busts that happened. But my biggest thing and the most important thing we're going for, we're focusing on is this year. Who is our? Who are our busts this year? Who are our steals this year? Why they should matter to you and what they can do for your teams. Um, so I'll start with busts. I don't like the word busts. I don't like picking people to bust because it doesn't it doesn't make me feel better at night. It doesn't make me you know knowing that I yeah knowing that I picked someone to fail. And it's not so much fail. It's more of I, I just think based on where they are being drafted solely way on way too high. Right. I, it's the, these my decisions and my reasonings and opinions are solely based on the fact of ADP, why they are being drafted way too high. Mm-hmm. My first one is a guy who's only going into his second year. Last year, he didn't play most of the year. And that's Reese Hoskins. Mm. I, I think he has all the tools hit wise to be a very good player for the Phillies. He doesn't strike out a ton. He hits a ton of home runs and he has the possibility to hit a decent average, you know, 265 kind of guy. So he only played 50 games last year, had 170 at-bats, and put up 18 home runs and almost 50 RBIs. Unbelievable. I mean, we haven't seen that type of impact in their first 50 games in a very long time. On a crappy team, too. Right, on a bad team. <laughs> and he struck out 46 times over 50 games. I mean, I'm not thrilled with those numbers, but for a power hitter, most power hitters in the Major League, in Major League Baseball strike out at least .75 to one time per game. Very good plate discipline for this guy. Right. So for a young guy who has only has you know 46 strikeouts over his first 50 games, I think that's pretty good. Uh, the thing is, is he's going he's going entirely too high. He's going in the fourth round right now. Uh, he's going before somebody who I love more at, the, at his own position. That's Edwin Encarnacion, a guy who's you know Nelson Cruz. He's going before guys who have done it before, for, who have yeah, done it yeah. year after year after year. So they're old I enough just, to be Reese Hoskins' father. Right, both of them. So for me, I'm, <laughs> I'm out if that doesn't change. If he drops that fifth or sixth round, absolutely, I might be all over that. But a fourth round guy, I need certainty. My first four, five, six picks are complete certainty, and I cannot be certain that he's going to produce at a 35 to 40 home run clip. True. So uh, my other guy, who I actually kind of like him as a player, I'm not sure. Uh, this is where, like I said, busts are so tough because you want to believe in them. And mine's Whit Merrifield. Ooh. Whit Merrifield is fast, if anything. 
He is the second baseman for the Kansas City Royals. If you had no idea who he was, never heard that name. But Whit Merrifield right now is going in the sixth round. He put up uh, put up what? How he stole? He put up thirty four stolen bases last year. He he hits he hit nineteen home runs, which I think is his plateau. I don't think he's going to get any higher than nineteen home runs. Um, even though he missed seventeen eighteen games, um, if he plays that one hundred fifty game season, I think there's a possibility for sixteen to seventeen home runs. But I don't think he's going to get that twenty mark. But his is solely based on his average and off, off of his uh, stolen bases. And I just I think in the sixth round that's a very steep amount. He was doing it last year with Mustakis, Kane, Hosmer. Those guys are all gone. He is going to be the only guy on the team who's really a big, bigger time ball player. Once again, certainty. I love stolen bases. If you need the category, have at it. Sixth round. But if it's if you're going points alone, I just don't understand him going at that high. He's an eighth round kind of guy for me. Yeah. My last one is my last round. My last one going to touch on really quickly is his is his old teammate, and that's Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer is going in that same sixth round right now. His year last year was unbelievable. That's why he got his contract as he did this year uh, with the Padres. But I think once again that was his plateau. I don't think he's going to reach any higher than that. Um, I think the 25 home runs is huge for him. He put it. He did the same 25 home runs the year before. But I think in San Diego, which is just as bad of a park for hitters. I see him in that 20 to 22 home run range. He's going to have less guys to drive in. It's a bad offense. I, I mean, he'd have to get to that 10 stolen base mark, which he hasn't done since 2013 for him to have a little bit more value. But for me in the sixth round, I'm completely avoiding Eric Hosmer. Ooh. Uh, I got a big, um, the guy, I think, I mean, he had his best year last year for Washington and he, we have the same name, you know, pretty cool. Uh, Anthony Rendon. Now, he he batted 301, 25 homers, 100 RBIs, and he's going, I think, the middle of the fourth round right now, which is pretty high. If you look at his stats from the years before this past one, he hit 21 home runs three years ago, 20 home runs last, like the year before, 80 RBIs when he actually plays over 150 games, but... I, I don't, and I, I like you always say, you know, they're ceiling. So I think that for Rendon, this is definitely his ceiling. I mean, he could fool me, just like we all got fooled by Daniel Murphy, you yeah. know, a couple, say that a name. couple of years ago. He must not be named. Holy crap. I mean, he, he completely just fooled everybody. You know, he was like, all right, you know, I'm going to continue this awesome run from the Mets, but I'm going to go play for another team. <laughs> So Anthony Rendon is one who I I think could be a bust just considering the fact of where he is being drafted. So steals is another one that I think is, is very important for 2018. It's trying to find those diamonds in the rough. Maybe they're household names that have faltered in the past. Maybe they are young guys that are on the rise we're not really sure of yet. So I have two that are big ones for me. And one of them is a year removed from his Cy Young year. Um, with the Boston Red Sox, and he is going in the 19th round, which to me is un- it's just incredible. Yes, he had a miserable 2017. Awful year. But Rick Porcello is still a good pitcher. <laughs> he is. He's still a good pitcher, yes. He went 11-17 for a winning team. That's terrible. He gives, you, he gives you innings, which is good. Right. He pitches. Right. That's the thing you're always going to get. Is you're he always going miss. to get 200 innings from Rick Porcello, no. and that's where your points lie with him. But he also can get you almost 195 strikeouts. When he's on. So, when he's on point. Right, yeah. exactly. So you're looking at a guy who can get you 200 innings, 185 strikeouts. Going in the 19th round is just – it's not 
it's just not fair. So yes, we can take his, his 22 and four season from 2016 and we can take his 11 and 17 season from 2017. If you mesh them a little bit together, you're looking at a guy who's probably 16 and 10, maybe 16 and nine who puts up a 3.5 ERA with 175, 180 strikeouts and 200 plus innings. That is not a 19th round pitcher. He pitches for a pitches for a winning team in the Boston Red Sox and he deserves better than the, uh, the 19th round. So if I can get him in that 15th, 16th round, you know, at the latest for me, because that's where he belongs. He's my probably my pitcher three or four. I am perfectly fine with that. I have all the faith in the world in him there. My last one is Ian Kinsler, another guy who deserves way more respect. He has done it for so long, has put up big seasons at second base position, and now he goes to a team much better than where he was last year with the Detroit Tigers. The Angels have a good offense to help him out. But it's not like he's even had bad years. He's put up 20, 22, 28 home runs in the last two years. So as he's gotten older, he's actually gotten stronger. He gets on base too. I mean, he's not as he's, he's not as much of a pitcher friendly, a hitter hitter friendly park as he was um, in Detroit. But I still think he has the capabilities of putting up the twenty home run season, especially with the likes of Calhoun and Trout and Simmons. And I mean, it's a it's a very very good lineup. Pujols. So I think him at the you know in that one two spot in the lineup. Um, going in the 15th round right now of most drafts, ADP-wise, uh, he has the capabilities of putting up a 20 home run season, a 75 RBI season, a 95 run season. Uh, he's going to get you, you know his batting average last year is what killed him, 236. I see him vaulting back up to what his usual is. He about. also got Two, hurt too, right? Yeah, he did. Right, yeah. he missed he missed a little bit of time, not much, but he he's a 280 hitter. He's going to get you those home runs, RBIs, runs. He's not a stolen base guy as much anymore, but he still can get you that 12 to 15. But the 15th round is just unimaginable for somebody of his caliber. So for me, he is a big steal sleeper pick. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just looking at his stats, actually. And the guy, before last year, he was averaging like 180 hits. Yeah. Oh, no, right. Exactly. Another guy, another guy who hits 170 to 190 hits. Exactly. And there you go. And that'll bring his runs up because he's got Trout, you know, and like he actually has a pretty solid lineup. Um so based on based on the definition of a steal of where he's being drafted right now, Joey Votto I think is a steal, and you're probably thinking, oh wow, Joey Votto, like oh he's going pretty high. But Joey Votto finished the number one first baseman last year, and I think what number two or three overall in fantasy. I think in some leagues he was actually number one. Yeah, exactly. Depending on um, which is absurd. And he's still going right now. I think they have him. I, I'm seeing ADP first, like early second round, late first. Yeah, he's going. Like, he's going mid second in some. What? What is? What is going on? Yes, okay, he could be injury prone, but the, no, he is he's not. Not he's, really, he's though. Missed, he's not injury prone. He's missed no time really over the past few years. He's not like he is unreal. He <laughs> the only thing about him that the only thing about him that's ever a minus is the fact that he plays for such a bad team. True, true. They did. I mean, they do have some decent weapons around him. They just can't win games. So yeah. you know, with with the emergence of Shebler now, you know, and their um, what Eugenio Suarez now hitting like a freaking animal. Adam Duvall hitting better, and this Jesse Winker guy, you know, coming up. So th- there's more opportunity for Votto to even even be better. The guy's going to hit over 300 easily. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's he's going to get over 100 RBIs. He's going to hit probably 35, 40, 40 home runs even. He could. I think he could. Um, so just by definition alone, he is, I, I believe, a steal. 
And then another one that I drafted last year, and I was a little upset with his performance because he did have a slumping year. He's currently going in the 15th round, which is kind of absurd, is uh, Evan Longoria out of San Francisco now. Now, mind you, it's not – I mean, it's not really a hitter-friendly park. But who cares? He actually has a – Yeah, but he was in Tropicana, which wasn't a friendly exactly, park. Hit, exactly. Hitter-friendly park either, so. He's, he's – okay, he's like a 270 career – I mean, you're not going to get a great batting average out of him. We know that already. But now he has a pretty decent lineup around him. You know, he has McCutcheon. Um, Hunter Pence he'll have for maybe half the season. And Hunter Pence, when he plays, is ridiculous. You know, so uh, – Going in the 15th round for somebody that does not miss games. He played – he basically the past five seasons, it, he's missed like 15 games. That's it. The guy's a freaking – he's an Iron Man. Yeah. Somebody that does that, like he's averaged 670 – about – actually more. Probably a 680 at-bats in the past five seasons, which is absolutely absurd. To get yeah, him to get him in yeah. the fifth round, fifteenth round, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, he he twenty home runs. Okay, maybe he'll be in that, but his RBIs could go up, his hits could his hits could increase if he's not hitting home runs. Basically, right. it's a good team. It's a good team around him too. Now. Exactly, he gets on base. He could score. You know, he could be in that. He could be in that maybe like eighty run, a little over eighty run, hundred and sixty at least, which is what he got last year in hits. So I think Evan Longoria could be a steal at the fifteenth round. I agree. I think all of our all of our picks for these for busts for steals, everybody has their own depending on your league. You know, you feel burned by some guy from last year and they're dropping. Please, I know it's it's tough, but you you have to be able to extinguish that flame and say, you know what, if I can get a guy who burned me last year and I can get him in the 16th, 17th round because I think he still has that potential, then take him. You know, a, a steal is only as good as if you pick them. Like like Jonathan Villar. <laughs> yeah, it's all, yeah. You know, you have to you have to be able to believe in them again, and that's why I love busts and steals because it, it shines a light on guys who screwed us over last year and we might believe in this year. And that's actually it's a good pivot to our to our next episode. Be on the lookout for it's a one of my favorite topics is regressions and bounce backs. People who had great 2017s, people who had you know seasons we weren't imagining them having in 2017, and people who struggled in 2017. Who's you know who is going to regress? Who's going to bounce back? Who might stay the same and actually continue to have another great year? Or who might continue to stay the same and have a poor year yet again? So a lot to still cover. We're going to get to a ton of you know we're, a mock draft is coming up, mm-hmm. rankings for each position coming up. We're excited to provide you with all this content. Well, you guys can check us out at thefantasyfam.com. You can check us out on iTunes. Please subscribe, leave us a review, whatever you want. Also, we are on Twitter at thefantasyfam. We love guys who drop, you know, guys, girls dropping comments, dropping any opinions you have. We love it. The more, the merrier. It makes us a better podcast, makes us better fantasy advocates. So on behalf of me and my wonderful cousin, this is the Fantasy Fan signing off. Fantasy Fan.